Welcome to the Tri-Valley Parenting Podcast. We exist to educate and empower parents of teenagers so that families can thrive. Here's your host, Anthony McLeod. So the interview that you're going to hear today is going to cut back and forth between a conversation that I had with my wife, Laura, and a conversation that she had with her dad, Greg. And it's regarding a special tradition that she shared with her dad all of her growing up years and even into uh, her current place in life right now. But I want to ask you this question before we get started. Have you ever worried that you won't be able to say all the words that you want to to your kids? Or even if you did say them, that they would forget them? What if the impact that your love and wisdom makes on your kids could actually outlive you? What if by taking the time to write a few meaningful words in a few important moments, you could forever reassure your kids that you love them, that you care about them? Here's the story. Okay, so Laura, give us a summary of how Letters from Dad works. The whole idea is that while a child is growing up, that the dad would write letters, very personal letters on big moments, um, big events in a kid's life, or maybe big events in the dad's life. And then they would, that kid would have those letters forever. And it just has like a more permanent bond in that relationship. Okay, so I want to pause right here. I want to take a moment to share with you my joy because I married into this family. My wife grew up, and at every milestone moment in her life, her dad took the time to write her a letter and share how much he cared for her. Think about the stability and the health that that provides for a person. The words of a parent are like the chisel of our soul, shaping and forming us into the people that we become. And I love the woman that she became. Words are powerful. When you take the time to think about what you're going to say, it's always much easier to say the right things. So that's kind of my first question for you. Like, what made you start Letters from Dad? Where did you hear about it? Yeah, um, it is a it is a website, but it's also a book oh. that a person named Greg Vaughn wrote this book, and he wrote it out of his own experience that his father passed away, and he realized the only thing he had as a memory of his dad, was an old, beat-up tackle box, fishing tackle box. Oh. And he realized, that's all I got. No notes, no significant information. That's the only thing he had to remember his father by. So I started thinking about, what do I have Mm -hmm. from my father or my grandparents? And it was kind of strange from one grandfather, I have a couple of tie pins. Okay. I have a, um, a money clip, and I have his old toolbox. Don't ask mm-hmm. me why I have his old toolbox. I just kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. And then from my father, I don't know what I'll end up with when he passes, but um, I don't have anything written. A couple of birthday cards, but it's usually just a signature. So... In my life, it was similar. Yeah, from grandparents, from parents, um, except for maybe a birthday card here and there, there was really nothing that gave me information about who they were, what they felt, um, what their fears were, what their uh, aspirations were, how they felt about me. 
um, how they maybe would want to instruct me or guide me. There was nothing. And so I just made a decision after reading Greg Vaughn's story and then thinking about my own that I don't want to repeat that process. I want there to be something different um, for my children for, and for my wife as well. So Greg had no significant writings to preserve the memory of generations past. He didn't know how his dad or his grandpa felt when he was born or uh, the emotions that they were dealing with. And so in this conversation, he points that out to Lauren. He comments on the power that these letters have to preserve significant memories and the importance of that. Wouldn't it be cool for you to know what I was thinking before you were born? How cool mm-hmm. it would be to have the thoughts of a one-year-old, um, the joy of writing about your first steps, uh, the joy of writing about your first day in kindergarten. And I think I've told you a lot of those stories, um, but you forget. And the years pass, and then your children uh, could read Grandpa's notes. And, and then, you know, as time goes by, the the dilution starts in the memory but when you write it it lasts mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that we don't know but because they wrote things down we have them now with us and for the generations to come i wanted my family and my next generations to have me with them even though the great grandkids may never meet me some of the things i would write about um that are that i think are important and moving are just the feelings that um, that I had about you um, and about Eric and Audrey that you may have never known. Um, and you know, some of those stories can be told now, and, and you'll and you won't remember them, obviously. But but it's important to know. Um, the I remember one particular story that's that's very emotional. Uh, because it's still so very real, is um, you were one about one month old. And I would always take a day off during the week. And I had a day off, Mom had a day off. And so we only uh, you know, had to have you watched by someone else a couple of days a week. But I remember okay. um, I was holding you, and we, I was sitting in our apartment, little two-bedroom apartment, right by the, the window, and the sun was shining um, in the window. And we were just sitting, and you were, you know, this little tiny infant, and uh, I'm holding you, and as I'm holding you, the sun is just coming through the window, and it's it, it was like illuminating, almost like an angelic, you know, type image mm-hmm. of the sunshine, you know, you're asleep, and this little face, and I'm holding, just staring, and having these overwhelming emotions of, where did this love come from? Mm-hmm. I do not understand that kind of love, that depth, where'd it come from? It's just this automatic, um, I don't know. I guess that's the way God wired us. But as I'm, I'm having that, that moment, and you're fast asleep, this voice, it was God's voice, just just came through the moment and said, and that's how much I love you. And um, that's what I understood when God says, I'm your father. 
And I never understood that before. We were sitting in Greg's office recording that clip, and I know it comes through in the recording. Um, Greg was was crying at the end of that story. Now, Greg is a big softy, uh, and so he's used to, to speaking and, and talking through tears. But I think what struck me was that there was still power in this memory for Greg. He felt it as much today as he did when Laura was little, and this actually happened. But I want you to think for yourself, could you imagine if a memory like this were lost in time? What a shame it would be to lose a story like that. And I think to myself, how many stories just like this have been lost over the years because people didn't write them down? Now, Letters to Dad is not just memories. Uh, So Greg breaks down a few categories for us to to help us really understand what these letters are. It could be me or Eric or Audrey. Yeah. um, I think, boy, they're all good, to be honest. (laughs) Pat I'm yourself just, on the back I'm there. just awesome. When it comes to this. <laughs> there probably are three different kinds. Um, one is inspirational, kind of a go get them, you know, type thing. Another one is a here's what I feel, um, and, and you know, love letters kind of things. And then the other is instructional. Um, and so they all serve a different purpose. I don't think I would be able to say there's a favorite. Uh, it depends on the season of life. Um, uh, I'm naturally a teacher, so I love teaching. And if I can get, give you guys some wisdom that you can really grab a hold of and it'll change your life, then that's a favorite. Uh, on the other hand, um, if I can create an inspiration that you guys will say, I want to do that, or I want to be that kind of a person, then <laughs> at that moment, that's a favorite. Or if it's just expressing the love and the pride um, that comes out when you guys achieve something. Um, you know, those are powerful moments, you know, to watch your kids achieve things in the way all three of you have um, far beyond you know, what um, I would have imagined and, and much further and much better and much more excellent uh, than, than I was at your certain ages. It's, it's a pretty amazing feeling, you know, to have children and to raise them and then to watch them surpass you. I think that's every parent's joy, and it's certainly been ours, you know, to watch all three of you um, surpass us in in so many areas. So that pride is is powerful, and to express that to you so that you know it. I mean, how horrible to have a parent be full of pride and full of joy and full of of um, uh, just love and and. and wonder of their kids but the kids never know it mm-hmm. they never got to hear it and so many kids grow up with nothing especially from their dads that uh, dad never told me and maybe mom will say no oh, do you know your dad really loved you right well you tell me but he never does and that fathers need to speak and, um, there's something wiring wired in us as people that moms have a certain place that inspires um, and dads have a certain place that inspires and um, I think God wired us to be especially moved by the blessing and the words and the um, guidance of the father and I think that explains a lot about our culture where our culture in a lot of 
areas is a fatherless culture. And we wonder why there's lots of negativity and hardship and difficulty. And my personal opinion is a lot of that could be cured and solved with a return of fatherhood um, in the lives of people. And as I minister to the church, um, students, college-age people, and even, even young adults are still craving the voice of a father. And that now that you guys are out of the house, um, there's a whole new generation of people that are not my biological kids, but they're craving a father. They're craving to know how to do it and to be loved and to be cared for. Let's be honest, teenage years can be awkward and, in fact, very traumatizing. Acne, drama, boys, girls, hormones, need I say more? In the midst of this roller coaster ride of life, though, our memories can get distorted. We can look back and have a false view of the past, a false view of ourselves, a false view of our parents, but if we have letters, we have a tangible evidence of the truth right in front of us that confronts our distorted memories. Check this out even having distorted memories almost um like we forget i don't know i think just rereading everything it was like it's like i saw my teenage years in a different lens now that i'm not there anymore because of the letters Mm -hmm. like i have my own journals that i've written as a kid i have my own teenage thoughts that i would write about but then Ten years later, I look back and my memories and the way that I talk about my teenage years is completely different than what your letters are representing Mm -hmm. and what you're saying about me. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you kind of create your history, which it's not necessarily accurate all the time, Mm -hmm. especially when you're a kid and especially when Mm -hmm. you don't. You don't know what you're talking about a lot of times. And so you have this distorted reality that you cling to, but it's like rereading everything I just I felt like my reality was put more in perspective and in my interview with Laura she dove a little bit deeper into this idea of distorted memories sometimes when you look back on your teenage years you see it through a different set of emotions than how it really was in the moment like I look back and for some reason I have this in my head that I was never encouraged to be a leader like I was in my head, I felt like I was squashed or never, like, encouraged. In my head, that's the story I tell myself of my teenage years. But I look back at these letters, and that is definitely not what's going on. Definitely not. I'm being encouraged all the time. And it's just like, it. it's like when you have memories and they just get, like, super fuzzy. And they're just not clear anymore, and you kind of invent ways to fill in the gaps. These letters don't let you do that. They don't let you have a distorted view of the past. Like, I know for a fact that this is what happened because this is what he said. And this letter's 10 years old. I want you to think about the confidence that's in her voice here in this interview. She says the same thing, actually, on two separate occasions in two separate interviews. She says these words, I know. There's a confidence that comes over her when she reads these letters, and that confidence in her father's love actually confronts these distorted uh, memories and this distorted view of herself, and I think actually offers her some emotional healing in places that she's been wounded since she was younger. I know 
now I remember now that back then I still knew I, I was loved and so even my distorted reality has to change like the way that I tell my history has to be mm-hmm. um, it has to be changed it has to be fixed yeah. and those letters really help mm-hmm. they help do that that's a great insight um, I think you're right um, as you were talking I was thinking about your reality and not knowing um, there were insecurities and there were, you know, thoughts that you had of yourself that I didn't know you had. Yeah. Um, even I didn't know I had them. Yeah. I know now because I've done a lot of reflection, but in the moment you don't even know. Right. And those are just in the mind of a, of a young person mm-hmm. that everybody goes through those and they are distorted. Mm-hmm. We, we do punish ourselves and view ourselves in ways that aren't real. And for someone else, especially a significant person in your life, to give you the truth um, is really helpful, both at the moment for comfort, but I think, as as you said, later on in life, to really bring truth. Mm-hmm. And and now you can repeat that process. And, um, and now, as we've gone through that together, you know, someday you're going to be a parent, and you'll be able to look at your kids, and you'll know they're going through some of those things, the way all kids do, and you'll know then the value of the words and the encouragement, and you'll repeat the process. Mm-hmm. And how sad for some kids never to have their history rewritten because they never had anybody tell them that what they were thinking was distorted. You know, because um, like I said, like you can look back in your memory and say, "Well, I think my dad felt this way about me. I think he was disappointed in me in this point in my life. I think that well, I really screwed up when I was a teenager, so I was probably like." embarrassing I wonder if he was embarrassed as me of, of me as a child I wonder if he thought I looked ugly when I was in 17 and had zits all over my face or I wonder if he was disappointed in the choices that I made you can wonder all those things as an adult or even in the moment but having a letter is it's like a permanent stability it's like that like a stone in the foundation of that relationship and those can't be moved it's not I can't say my dad didn't write didn't love me I have I have like 15 letters that prove it and they're covered in reasons why he loves me loves me then and loves me now and these letters aren't stopping it's not like because I'm 26 he doesn't write me letters anymore totally does Let's take a moment to reflect on the long-term emotional impact of what these words can do. Think about it. We live in a day and an age where eating disorders are all too common because young ladies lack the confidence to see the beauty in themselves. And even me as a, a young man, I remember walking into a hardware store and feeling so out of place because I didn't feel man enough. But how different would people feel about themselves if they had a father affirming and reaffirming them how different would you see yourself? Let's consider the emotional impact. Well, I, I know that I really value them. I mean, this box that has these letters, it's the box that, I mean, I would run out of the house in a fire with this box. Um, they're that important. I would probably not take the pictures and I would take the box. But even today, as I was like re-looking at all of them, I started crying on multiple different occasions because I forgot. I forgot what it felt like to be a 16 year old. I forgot 
like I forgot these moments. I forgot that he felt this way about me at every single stage in my life. And I mean, I'm older now. These letters are now 10 years old and reading back into them. I mean, what dad goes on and on and on for like pages on his, when his daughter is 16 and probably acting crazy, but he doesn't say, Hey, you're acting crazy, but I love you anyway. He doesn't say that in these letters. He just starts listing all the things he loves. I love your laugh. I love the way you do those weird dance moves. I'm, I love it when you, you just light up a room. You're so much, you're so much life. You're so much joy. And he just goes on and on about how amazing I am. And I know 16 year olds and not all 16 year olds are awesome. It was always just affirming. And I, looking back, I, I didn't really realize he was doing that. Um, but now I know, now I know like he was, I think he really liked me. <laughs> and I think as a 16 year old girl, to know that your dad really just likes you as a person is amazing. Yeah, and, and I think about the fact that uh, a lot of young ladies, they don't have that confidence instilled in them. And so a lot of young ladies, they deal with self-esteem issues. And I think if you don't oh, have yeah, that, no self-esteem issues over here have at that, all. No, there's not. Like, no. I look at you and you are just a confident woman. <laughs> You're ready to just flaunt everything. Flaunt. flaunt. Maybe that's a bad word. Well, he even says this in the first letter that he wrote me. It starts with my princess, Laura, baby, how I wish I had started writing you sooner. Um, talk, 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 talk. And then he says, you have a strong personality, Laura. But then he makes it, he makes that a good thing, yeah. you know? And um, you he says, you have the uh, capability of influencing people either for the Lord or in other ways. Never forget this one thing. You are here for a purpose, for a high calling. And it's like, that is in every single letter where he's saying, you are a leader. Like, you're, you're gifted. You have influence over people. Make sure you use the influence for good. Make sure you're always serving people. Make sure you put people first. Make sure you don't get all up in your head and become a dictator because he probably saw that in me where I could just like destroy people. And he's like, okay, we got to make sure we curb this. Yeah. <laughs> just always positive. Right. Yeah. And I think I, we, we know as, uh, as people who work with students that words are really the things that shape people. Uh, they, they shape people's confidence, their personality, their character moving forward. And I love this idea that these words that your dad's speaking over you, speaking to you, uh, even from a young age, are really shaping who you are, shaping your confidence, um, shaping your personality. I love that. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think your dad is really careful with his words here because if you think about it, you go back, I'm sure there's words that your parents have spoken over you that they unintentionally speak over you that can yeah. end up wounding you. But now the memories that you have moving forward of who your dad was is a person that speaks amazing, beautiful words over you rather than those damaging words that a right. lot of other people might accidentally speak over their, their kids unintentionally. So the last thing that I want to do as we close up this segment with Greg and Laura is give them a moment to make an appeal to you about the importance of letters from dad. So I'll let them speak for themselves. You have had an amazing experience with your dad, knowing that you have the most amazing father in the world. What advice would you give to fathers who are listening? Don't just assume your kids know how you feel. And don't assume that they're going to always know how you feel. Because 
things change in life and things change in relationships and they can change really quickly. And I would say letters, I mean, we have videos now, but videos are not quite the same. Videos can be like lost. Um, text messages can be lost. It's not about a text. It's about like a permanent, giving your kids a permanent reminder that you love them and have it be written down. It's like writing it down makes it last forever. And no matter how somebody's feeling in the moment, they can always look back and say, no, I do know how my dad felt about me. What will last? Our three of our kids, we bought them a first car. None of them exist. <laughs> They're gone. Because <laughs> we're horrible drivers. <laughs> They're just gone. They wear out. That's true. The clothing, gone. Um, those kind of gifts, gone. Um, what lasts? What gets kept? The communication of your heart on paper. When you're old, do you want your kids to say, I don't have anything from my parents? I don't know who they are. I don't know what they thought. I don't know what they felt was valuable or important. And so as a parent, you really do have to think with the end in mind. Um, when I'm that age, or I don't know if I'm going to die tomorrow. Who knows if a traffic accident occurs and this is all I get. Um, what do I want to have left? And every person needs to make a diligent decision to do what matters most. And that is in all phases of life, not just in letters from dad, but in everything we do. Um, what's our purpose? What's our ultimate goal? Um, how do we want to be remembered? And how, what do we want to leave behind? Um, those are important questions that we all need to ask. And as a parent, this was a no-brainer. But uh, the years will go by too fast. You will blink, and your kids are 10 years later down mm -hmm. the road of life. And you've missed that. The years are just too valuable. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. And, um, don't waste it. So I hope that you guys enjoyed that segment about letters from dad, but most of all, I hope that it moved you to action. Part of what we're trying to do here at the Tri-Valley Parenting Podcast is to bring professionals into your home on your time. And the way that we do that is through our podcast. But we have another thing that we're trying to do, which is create community so that parents and professionals can dialogue together. Now, that's really hard to do through your headphones. And so we've created live events where we bring in speakers from our podcast every single month, usually on the first Sunday night of every single month to come in and speak to you. Now, times and dates are subject to change, so please stay informed. In fact, today we have a date change that we want to tell you about. Uh, but first, our parent nights, they take place at Valley Christian Center in our main auditorium. Our address is 7500 Inspiration Drive in Dublin, California. And these events are completely free, and we even have something for your kids. If your kids are in middle school or in high school, at the same time, we will be hosting an event for them. We have a youth program uh, that my wife and I oversee at the church, and we've designed these nights specifically so that your kids can have a blast while you're learning more about the topics that we're covering in these podcasts. So here are some dates that you guys can look forward to uh, that are upcoming parent nights. 
So on February 12th from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. in our main auditorium, we have our very first parent night with Amethyst Thomas. We'll be coming in to talk about parenting in a digital age. Now, there's a quick note. February 5th is the Super Bowl, so we decided to push it back a week and have our very first parent night on the second Sunday night of February. On March 5th, we have a good friend of mine, Timothy Barley, who's going to come in to talk about navigating your kids' romantic relationships. He is a speaker for Tina Steam and has worked with students for over two decades and is a great resource for us. And then on April 2nd, Dr. Marty and Shane Couch will come in to speak to us on teen addictions. They are, uh, well, at least Marty is a marriage and family therapist and Shane Couch actually works um, full-time with addicts and uh, people who are struggling with addiction. So they'll come in and they are a great resource um, on addiction. So keep updated and uh, we're looking forward to having some parent nights coming up. We're excited to have you with us and I can't wait to meet you guys. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode number two of our podcast, the Tri-Valley Parenting Podcast. We are so blessed that you guys took the time uh, to listen to us and we hope to uh, see you soon at a parent night. Have a great day, guys. Thank you.